Hello, and welcome to the Get the Acceptance Letter podcast. My name is Treasure Shields Redmond, and I help busy parents of college-bound teens secure top-tier education without massive debt. I do it at gettheacceptanceletter.online. Today, we're going to be talking about how GPA and test scores can affect whether or not you get scholarships. Join me. I am so glad to come to you to talk about how test scores and GPA affect whether or not you get scholarships. My name is Treasure Shields Redmond. I help busy parents of college-bound teens secure top-tier education without massive debt. And I do that at gettheacceptanceletter.online. That is where I have built uh, a community for parents that contains a system, a guide, and a community. Um, I have a 12-step uh, system that breaks down with videos and printables and downloadable material, how to get your kid into college and how to do it debt free. I am the guide and the community is made up of parents from different parts of the country who form a brain trust and, and help each other uh, on this college journey uh, that ends in a debt free degree. So today I wanted to come to you briefly and talk about how test scores and GPA affect scholarships. Now, um, you know, oftentimes when I give my webinars, uh, usually one question that I get at the end of webinars has to do with a parent who is nervous because their kid doesn't test well uh, or isn't uh, showing up well as far as their grades are concerned. So I have to tell you some truths. Number one, um, institutional scholarships. So here's the truth. Institutional scholarships, um, the scholarships that are given by colleges are often merit-based. So that means that they have a GPA and a test score cut off. There's a difference between merit-based and need-based. Merit-based means that they have some standard regarding GPA and test scores. Now, the Cadillac of scholarships, the big kahuna, is the full ride where the school pays for room, board, tuition, and books, right? So they pay for your child to live there, board, they pay for your child to eat there, tuition, they pay for them to go to class, and books, they pay for the materials they need in order to succeed in class. That's the Cadillac of scholarships, the big kahuna, and yes, those are usually reserved for students with extraordinary GPAs and extraordinary test scores. However, there are lots of other scholarships. Hey, Natasha, how you doing? There are lots of other scholarships that are also merit-based that don't have that stringent standard. I run across 
thousands, no exaggeration, <laughs> thousands of scholarships that ask for things like a 3.0, a 3.5, a 2.5, a 2.0, right? A 2.0 and a 2.5, that's just a C, a C or a strong C, people. I run across lots of scholarships that say you need to have a 21 on the ACT or a 22 or at least a 1090 on the SAT or an 1100. Those SAT and ACT scores I just um, recounted are average scores. In some circles, a bit below average. So on one hand, the uh, dream scholarship where the school pays for everything, and that's the only scholarship you need, um, is reserved for people with extraordinary test scores and extraordinary GPAs. However, there are lots of institutional scholarships that, have, that are merit-based that require a less stringent standard. Now, here's the next thing I want to tell you about. I'm fine. Thank you for this very important help to our families. You're welcome, Natasha. I'm glad you're here. Um, the other thing I wanted to tell you is that institutional scholarships, uh, the ones that are merit-based, are often given by corporate and alumni groups, right? So oftentimes there might be a group of people, let's say that all of us who are watching this live I see that it's mostly moms. Let's say we all went to the same college. We felt positively about that college. So we decided to have a nice, boring uh, scholarship banquet and charge people <laughs> $50 for a chicken dinner. And then we took that money and gave it to the college that we all went to because we wanted other young ladies from our neighborhood or other young ladies going into our field to get scholarships. Those scholarships are very often not for 4.0s and, you know, 1490, 1500 on the SAT or 29s and 34s and 36s on the ACT. Another thing about those merit-based scholarships that are uh, from institutions that colleges give out is that sometimes they are departmental. So you can also look in the different departments. If your kid is a uh, engineering major or an art major or an education major or an accounting major, if you look in those specific departments at the school, they often have scholarship for students, scholarships for students, and they're not for people with extraordinary GPAs and uh, uh, test scores. Now, here's the last thing I want to say to bookend this and to end this uh, quick series of, of kind of valuable information. Um, you need to start early with your college-bound team, helping them uh, achieve their best score. Now, I always say their best score because each of our college-bound teams tests differently. Now, I always use my son as an example because it's a positive example. Fall of his junior year, he took the ACT. The score was not optimal because the colleges that I had matched him with based on his gifts, goals, and social preferences all required at least two more points on the ACT for him to receive substantial scholarships. So he took the ACT in the fall of his junior year. I paid $39.95 for ACT prep from ACT. <laughs> Every week he took practice tests, 
We talked about them. It was actually quite leisurely because I had started early. I was determined to, number one, not make my son feel like he is the test and he is the score and to have this mad dash, crunch, stressful thing happening. And when he retook the test in the spring of his junior year, a whole semester of prep, he he went up four points, which is a substantial increase. And he easily met the standard to get certain institutional scholarships from the schools that he was that he was applying to. Now, um, this story tells us several things. Number one, uh, start early. I know some of you are in the senior year and you're feeling like, oh my God, what? <laughs> it's crunch time. And I can't lie to you, it is crunch time. You really need a system of God in a community. Uh, number two, investment, basic monetary investment. Throughout my son's life, I have paid for the mathnasium. I have paid for uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I have paid for karate. Um, I have paid for that ACT prep. Uh, I have, you know, spent money on different uh, groups that, you know, required money, after school groups, uh, you know, community service activities, rites of passage entities, and so on. And now I'm doing the same thing with my 11-year-old daughter. You know, the service that I offer is super affordable, but it is not free. And making a monetary investment in your college-bound teen's journey makes sense, especially when you consider that the average debt for a 2018 college grad will be $40,000. And my program is currently $500 for one year or $59.99 a month, which you can cancel at any time. So for those of you whose kids are seniors, let's say that you pay $59.99 a month for the month of September, October, November and December, just for the rest of this semester. So that's rounded up to 60, six times four is 24, $240. Let's say that for $240, you got a step-by-step -step, uh, system to teach you how to get them into college and do it debt-free. You got a billion dollar bank of scholarships. You got access to a private counselor because I can talk with you and work with you, help your kid write extraordinary essays. I'm an English professor, all that good stuff. And then you canceled at the end of the year after you paid 240 and you went into 2019 knowing that you're not going to be sentencing your child to 20 years of debt. Imagine, just imagine, walk with me people, <laughs> that that was your reality. Um, and I'm saying this because I've met several parents who um, have been hesitant to make a financial investment in their college-bound teens uh, journey. And I have to tell you, I have paid much more <laughs> over the lifespan of my child than $240. But right now, he is at McKendree University and he's there debt-free. 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 And that school costs, I'm not even sure how much it costs because I'm not paying. Let me tell you, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's at least 40k a year <laughs> it's at least 40k a year so four times four is 16 160k dodged a 160k bullet 
because I was willing to invest in a system, a guide, and a community. Invest in my son. Invest in my family. It is worth it. Are you a busy parent who's helping a college-bound teen apply to colleges, but you're afraid of how you're going to pay for it, or even overwhelmed by all of the information that's out there? No worries. I understand your predicament. You know, I taught for 20 years, 10 years as a high school teacher, and 10 years as an assistant professor of English, always with students who were headed to college or who had just entered college. And not only that, I have a son who's a freshman in college this year, and he's going debt-free based on the system that I developed. But it didn't just work for me. It also worked for Mary and Mariah, whose testimonial you can see on my website, as well as Brandon and Mora and Tisha and Nevin. All of these are college-bound families who made use of a system, a guide, and a community at gettheacceptanceletter.online. Join us today. Oh, and when you get a chance, leave a rating and review in the iTunes store or wherever you listen to this podcast. That would really help me out. And a final thing, I'm taking sponsors. So if you'd like to get your product or service in front of this audience of busy parents of college-bound teens, just contact me at gettheacceptanceletter.online and I'll see you next time.